Hello, nature lovers. Do you love to read books like I do? I've always enjoyed reading books ever since I was a kid, especially books about nature. Unfortunately, as I get older, I find myself with less and less time to sit down with a good book. I've solved that problem with Audible. Audible allows you to listen to your favorite titles while you are driving at the gym, taking a walk, wherever you are. With all the latest titles, you'll have quite a selection to choose from. And they have podcasts, too. Start listening today with a free 30-day trial. To get your free 30-day trial, go to the show notes and click on the link. Happy listening. Welcome, fellow nature lovers, to the Nature Wanderer podcast. I'm Paul, and today I have that luxury of just sitting back and watching the grass grow. How did that get such a bad reputation? Watching grass grow is associated to being boring, something boring. It's like, I'm so bored. It's like watching the grass grow. Well, I don't think grass is that boring. It's actually pretty fascinating. There's actually 11,500 species of grass out there. Now, you're just looking at your lawn thinking, hey, it's grass. But you know, grass actually covers a lot of different plants. So another fun fact, giant bamboo is the largest variety of grass. It can grow up to 151 feet tall. And bamboo grows very rapidly, too. So that's the type of grass you want to watch if you're watching the grass grow. Some grass taxonomists, yes, there is such a, a, a group of people. They're actually known as agristologists. So agristologists, they basically do the taxonomy of grass, study grass, and they decide this grass is different from this grass. So we're going to give it a different name. Well, they estimated that there are as many as 13 thousand species. Now about 1,400 of those species are in the U.S. So we're talking around the world there's 13,000 species. And we have at least 1,400 species or more right here in the United States. Now grasses are technically called graminoids and are usually herbaceous plants with narrow leaves that grow from their base. That's why grass is growing from the ground, the base. It's that simple. If you want to break it down even further, there are three different types of grasses. Now, I may have the pronunciation wrong, but we're going to try this out anyhow. Juncaceae. Juncaceae are your rushes. Usually what you see along the edge of a pond, those big tall grasses that are sticking out of the shallows of the water, those are rushes. And then you have cypyrusae. Cypyrusae are your sedges or your bulrushes. And then you have the last one, poaceae, which are your grasses, your standard grasses. Now, Grasses include a lot of different plants, and we'll get to that in a little while. But let's first talk about grass itself, the parts of it. I mean, of course, you have to have roots. You need a way to get 
the moisture from the soil and the nutrients from the soil going into the plant. And that's done through the roots. Now from the roots, then you have the stem coming up. The stem comes up and you have leaves coming off of it. Now here's something really weird that's going to blow you away. Then you have the flower. Yes, grasses do get a flower. If you ever go into a field where the grasses are really, 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 really tall, or you see the pictures of the farmer with that piece of grass hanging out of his mouth, that sweet grass, and there's a bundle at the end of it, that's the flower. Grasses do get flowers. We rarely see them in our lawns because we're always cutting our lawns. Yeah, we're cutting them really short so they don't have a chance to sprout that flower on the top. Now, grasses grow through, well, I'm going to say either a rhizome or a stolon system. Basically, the mother plant, the original plant in the middle, starts spreading the roots. Now, if it spreads the roots under the ground and a new plant comes off of that shoot that's under the ground, that's called a rhizome system. Things like strawberries go through a rhizome, but trees can do it too. Quaking aspens, your aspen trees, those are actually in a rhizome system. Your sumac trees also, there's new trees coming off the roots. So that's what we mean by rhizomes. And grasses do the same thing. They send out these shoots underground, the rhizome, and a new grass, a new plant will come off of that shoot, spreading more roots. And it keeps going. Now, if that root, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, if you look closely, if the root is above, or the shoot, I should say, is above the ground, and all of a sudden out of that shoot comes roots sucking down into the ground, basically anchoring it into the ground, and eventually the roots will come up with a secondary shoot, a new plant, a new grass plant. That's called a stolon. S-T-O-L-O-N. Now, rhizome stolons, that's how the plant spreads. Now, in your lawn, typical lawn has about six grass plants per square inch. Here's your homework. Now you get to go outside, measure your lawn, see how big it is, and then calculate how many square inches are in your lawn and multiply that times six. And that's how many plants, grass plants, you have in your lawn. I'm not going to tell you because I don't know how big your lawn is, but I know I have millions of them. Yeah, so the average lawn could have millions of grass plants in it because there's six plants in every square inch. And once again, rhizome system. You ever have the grass start creeping into your garden? into your flower garden or your vegetable garden? Well, that's because of the rhizomes, the roots. They're going through the dirt underneath and a new shoot will start coming up. Or into your dirt driveway, your stone driveway. Yeah, that's annoying. But that's what's happening. Now, another interesting thing about grass plants is they have evolved to grow at their base instead of their tips. Now, other plants, most plants, they're growing up out of the ground from the roots. All the nutrients are pushing the plant up out of the ground, and it gets taller and taller and taller. And even a tree, trees don't grow out. They grow up. 
new growth is growing off the top. If you cut the top of a tree off, new branches will come out the side and they'll start growing up. But it's all new growth on the top. But you see, grass gets eaten by a lot of animals. The deer, cows, horses. You know, a lot of animals will eat grass. And if it chops off the top, it won't be able to grow any taller. So instead, the plant has learned, it's evolved to grow at the base. So if you ever see a chopped off top of a grass plant and it gets taller, but it's still chopped off at the top, that's because it's growing from the base. This is so that it can protect themselves from the chewers. It allows them to be grazed or burned without receiving any damage to the growing points and allows them to regrow quickly. Yeah, grass grows quickly. If it's wiped out, you go out and burn it, it's going to regrow quickly because it's growing from the base. So pretty interesting how it's so different than other plants and it's evolved to be different so that it can survive. Now, grasses actually make up about 26% of plant life on Earth. More than a quarter of all plant life on Earth is grass. Isn't that amazing? Now, grasses grow on every continent, even Antarctic. A lot of times I talk about animals, and when I'm describing them, I say, oh, yeah, they live on every continent except Antarctica. Not much lives in Antarctica. It's just such a barren place. It's hard to support any life. But there are grasses that grow in Antarctic. The Antarctic hair grass is the only species native to Antarctica. Amazing. It can actually handle the cold temperatures, the barren environment. But it's there. So grasses grow on every single continent. Grasses are very beneficial. Besides making our lawns, our yards look beautiful, they also help to prevent erosion. Remember, we're talking about the roots being rhizomes. So the roots spread quite far and they start intertwining with the next grass plant and, and eventually have a nice base. You ever try to pull up a clump of grass? It's not easy, is it? No, and that's holding the soil together. After you have new construction, maybe you bulldoze an area, what happens? It rains, all that soil washes away. But as soon as you plant the grass, the roots will hold that soil in place. So it helps prevent erosion. Also, grasses are great for, yeah, breathing. They give us oxygen. So a 2,500-square-foot lawn produces enough oxygen for a family of four so that we can breathe. They take in the carbon dioxide. They are a carbon sink. So the more grass you have, just like the more trees you have, the more carbon that's absorbed out of the environment, helping to, maybe I can't say prevent, but at least hold back on climate change. It helps to keep it in check. So grass is great. Also food. Did you know we eat grass? Okay, you can't just go out in your yard and eat grass, especially if someone sprays the lawn. 
you don't want those chemicals in your system. I hope you don't spray your lawn. But we're talking about, remember, all the species of grass I mentioned earlier, we're talking grasses that are like maize. Maize. Maize is a grass. Yeah, corn, wheat, rice. I mean, those three alone are critical to global food security. Without maize, wheat, and rice, we'd probably starve. So we need grass for food as well. Now, grasses are ancient. They first appeared during the Cretaceous period, some 66 million years ago. And they evolved with the dinosaurs. You see these movies with the dinosaurs. Are, they always seem to show the dinosaurs that are eating other dinosaurs or eating other animals. But, you know, there were a lot of dinosaurs that were herbaceous. In other words, they're herbivores. They ate plants only. And not just the trees. Some of them couldn't reach up into the trees. They were eating grass. They were grazers. So grasses actually evolved with the dinosaurs. Now, as humans came into the picture and we decided that, okay, this grass looks nice, but what can we use it for? Well, we started to use grass for a lot of different things. I mean, we used it for building. All the old buildings used to have the grass roofs, what we call thatching roofs. Okay, so thatched roofs uh, for food, as I mentioned already, sugarcane, rice. Rice has been a staple food for more than half the world. Wheat, etc. I mean, I talked about some of the other things already. So grass in other forms than what we have in our lawn is nutritious, or it can be. Now, we also use it for paper. Now, wait a minute, I thought papers were made from trees. Well, they actually do use grass, the fibers from grass, pulp from grass to make paper. It's also used as a biofuel. They're actually running machines, running cars, running things with grass, believe it or not. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, and when I was mentioning about food before, about maize, wheat, and rice being critical to global food security, I forgot to mention that you can also use grass, forms of grass, species of grass to make beer, hops. What do you think beer is made of? Hops. Hops is a type of grass. And also whiskey. So if you like your alcoholic drinks like that, you can stop thinking grass is so boring. Um, and of course, lawns. Yeah, we love our green, lush lawns. I remember many years ago, I visited a friend of mine who lived in one of these gated communities, one of these communities where basically you have to pay a monthly fee so that they can tell you what to do with your property. That drives me crazy, but some people, they like it, and that's fine if that's for you. It's not for me, but I remember going in there and seeing all these beautiful green lush lawns with little white signs on them. It's like, why do they all have little white signs on them? Oh, because they have to warn the neighbors that, hey, we spray our lawn and we're so proud of it. Yeah, everyone was spraying their lawns. They were getting rid of the, oh, I hate the term, weeds out of their lawn. Yeah, but 
they were spraying their lawns and it was like a competition. Now, remember my friends, you know, I was talking to him about it and he says, oh yeah, you have to keep your lawn green or you get fined. If your lawn starts looking bad, you get charged for it. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But that's the way a lot of people are. They like their beautiful lawns, beautiful green lawns. Uh, I, I see during droughts, people are wasting water to water their lawn, to keep it green, to keep it lush. It's like, hey, you know what? People need that water to drink. Animals need that water to drink. And you're watering your lawn or washing your driveway out. It's, well, anyhow, um, lawns are important to people. And unfortunately, because of that, we are harming the environment. Yeah, we want our lawn to look so pristine that we toss chemicals on it all the time. We mow it. And a lot of people don't mow their lawns properly. They mow them too short. If you mow your lawn too short, it doesn't hold back the moisture. And it burns out quicker. So you have to keep mowing it. And you have to keep watering it. And you have to... oh add more chemicals. It's an endless cycle. So you shouldn't mow your lawn too short. Yeah, I know. It looks better. I want it to look like that golf course that I just passed. I want it to look so pristine, everything nice and level. Well, you know, does it really have to be that way if you're harming the environment? So people are using a lot of chemicals on their lawns, herbicides, pesticides, fertilizers, even insecticides, because they don't want the insects eating their lawn. It's like they're supposed to eat the lawn. That's what, There's plenty of grasses out there. Did you do your math? Did you do your calculations? Remember, six plants per square inch. How many grass plants do you have in your yard? Millions. Can you spare a few to the insects? I think so. So you really don't need these. Now, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, actually says that lawn chemicals account for a majority of wildlife poisonings that are reported each year. They also, and this is a quote, I'm going to read exactly what it says on their website. The EPA says, several types of cancer, immunoresponse deficiencies, Neurological diseases and birth defects have been associated with exposure to lawn chemicals. By releasing chemical toxins into the environment, air and water quality suffer, ultimately causing health problems. But that's enough to scare me to stop doing it. I never even started. So lawn chemicals, whether it's the herbicides, pesticides, Insecticides and yes, even fertilizers can be hazardous to your health, the wildlife health, and the environmental health. So you still want that beautiful lawn, but now you're a little bit worried about all the chemicals that you're putting on it and how bad they are. So what can you do? Well, actually, there's some pretty easy things to do. I mean, first of all, think about I'm going to use this term loosely, a natural lawn. I mean, that's what a lawn should be. It should be natural. Grow native plants. See what type of grass you have. Did you plant it? Was it a native grass that grows well in your climate? Use compost on your lawn. 
If you have to go with the chemicals, go with natural chemicals. I know it sounds weird, but they do make environmentally friendly, biodegradable, natural chemicals, natural fertilizers. There are ways to keep the pests out of your lawn. Who cares if you have some plants that aren't grass in your lawn? They're green. They look nice. Okay, maybe the dandelions bother you. I actually think dandelions look beautiful in the spring. And they don't last that long anyhow, and that's green. You don't even see them. So just let them be. So easy, simple ways of keeping your lawn green and beautiful like you want it without harming you, without harming the environment, without harming the wildlife or your pets. I actually read a report that they attribute a lot of cancers in dogs and cats to lawn pesticides, herbicides, lawn chemicals. So we're poisoning our pets, not just the wildlife, not just ourselves. We're also poisoning our pets. Who's out running around in our lawn? Our pets, our children. So let's try to do natural lawns out there. So back to me watching the grass grow. It's not so boring anymore, is it? Actually, it's not so boring for a lot of people. There's numerous studies of people watching the grass grow. They're studying how grass grows to understand climate change, the effects of overmowing on native habitats. They actually have satellites up in space. They have these satellites that are watching the grass grow. Yes, the satellites are watching the grass grow, and they're doing it to help farming. They're looking for the sweet spot for grazing. At what point are the nutrients best with the grasses? At what height? How, how long do they have to grow before we should allow the cows to graze there to give them the most nutrients so that we don't have to feed them as much of the grasses? This is all being done through satellites. There's research going on about it. And another study, the Oklahoma University, they're actually trying to develop what they call Bermuda grass. It's a turf grass. And they've done thousands of experimental plants trying to get the perfect grass. Why are they doing this? Well, ask the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dodgers. Yeah, they're developing turf grass to use at different sporting venues, different places like golf courses, so that it doesn't have to be constantly loaded down with chemicals, and it also doesn't have to be watered. So what they're doing, this Bermuda grass, is actually cold weather hardy, and it's drought resistant. Bermuda grass, which was basically created from Oklahoma University, is now at the Philadelphia Eagle Stadium. It's at Dodger Stadium, Churchill Downs, and numerous golf courses and other stadiums all around the country. And they're still studying to get even more. So if I have actually convinced you that watching the grass grow is not so boring... Well, maybe you have snow on the ground or it's coming soon. I know it's coming here soon, but 
you can't watch the grass grow. Oh, no. You're going through withdrawal. What are you going to do? Don't panic. There's a website out there. Yes. There's a website to watch the grass grow. It is watching grass grow, hyphen in between each word. So watching hyphen grass hyphen grow. Yes, there is a website. This guy put up a website, Watching Grass Grow, and it just points on his front lawn. You can watch the mailman go by if you want. You can watch him mowing his lawn. And it's Don't panic, okay? Just because you can't watch your own grass grow, you can watch someone else's grass grow. Well, unfortunately, we're pretty much out of time. Well, at least I am. Yeah, I've sat here long enough watching the grass grow. Now it's time to... Get out the lawnmower and cut it. Yeah, it's getting a little bit long. Don't worry, I'm not going to cut it real short. I keep my grass a little bit long. Not too long where it looks awful, but I've got some really good topsoil up by my house. And it seems to grow a lot quicker than down lower on my property where it's a little bit more clay. So I need to get the lawnmower out and get this lawn cut. So, But I'll see you next week. Be sure you come back. Bring some friends with you. Always good to have friends wandering through nature with us. If you haven't already, rate and review. And if you'd like to support the podcast, become a patron on my Patreon page or go to my Ko-Fi page. All the links are in the show notes. And I'll even put a link to watching grass grow so that you don't have to type it all in. Just click on the link in the show notes. Uh, but... Make sure that you support the podcast, bring a friend, and if you'd like some awesome merch, there's some really great merchandise that I have, t-shirts, sweatshirts, the weather is starting to cool off, you might want a really cool Nature Wander sweatshirt. They come in all different colors, sizes. Um, you can also get other merchandise. The, sh the links are in the show notes. And you can also find my store from the website. Website is naturewanderer.org. And my Instagram is the nature wanderer with underscores in between each word. You can also find me on Facebook. Make sure you keep spreading the news about the Nature Wanderer podcast. And I'd like to thank you for joining me today, watching the grass grow. Get out and watch the grass grow. It's not so boring anymore, is it? So get out and watch the grass grow. And above all, keep exploring the nature around you. Hey, did you know that plastic is produced with oil? A fossil fuel that pollutes the environment. Wouldn't it just be awesome if we could live our lives without plastic? Well, there's a company that wants to help you do just that. Life Without Plastic. They sell products that will reduce or eliminate your dependence on plastic. They have a large selection of products like toothbrushes, food storage containers, drinking straws. And the best part is that they're also very reasonably priced. So what are you waiting for? Check out all these great plastic-free products and help save the planet. Just click on the link in the show notes to find out more and to start your journey to being plastic-free.